All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. This is a Web Canopy Studio production. Intro. I love it. It's so good. <laughs> My kids love this song. It's such a great what song. What song is this? Thunder. For ya, take a number. I was like me before the thunder, thunder, thunder. It's so good. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Thunder. I'm having a hard time pausing it. Yeah. yeah My just, fingers just are press too the stop big. button. <laughs> Turn it off. He's like Michael Scott and only gets the 30-second oh, previews. <laughs> Feeling hot, hot, hot. <laughs> How is everybody doing? We're doing a morning episode of Dropping the Gloves. We've switched our taping times. Mostly because of Tim. He's so busy nowadays. Yeah. So I try and keep a calendar block so I I can always be here. And then every single Thursday morning I come in the office and it's moved to a different time. It's just Tim. He's uh, he's a busy guy. He's a mover and a shaker. It's not me. It's you. Is it me? Yes. Might be me. I don't know. But anyways, we're we're doing Tuesday morning. (laughs) And here we are. I like Thursday. It's Thursday. It's not Tuesday. (laughs) No. We're doing Thursday morning. Yeah, it's Thursday. And it's next great. week, Tuesday, next so. week, Tuesday. That's I'm a little confused. But anyways, welcome, everybody, to another episode of Dropping the Gloves with John Scott. Tim Wurzberger's here. John Aiken's here. And yeah, we're going to dive right into it. That song, Thunder, it's the Dragons, I think it's called. Imagine, Imagine Dragons. Dragons. My kids love that song. Every time we get in the car with my older girls, Ava and Gabrielle, are like, play the Thunder song. And I belt it out and like windows down song as loud as it goes and we just we play it probably four or five times in a row and it's great that's imagine dragons i thought this was like a moana song or something what's moana, moana? who's moana is he Mo- friends with uh steve duchenne it's duchenne Mo- it's moana moana that's not a moana not song it. this I've is a it. very popular song from the 2000 era Imagine Dragons, Thunder. That's going to be my new theme song when I play for the Jets this year, when I come on the ice. Thunder. Feel the thunder. But anyway, shout out to Ava and Gabriella for that song. Love it. Can't get enough of it. Nice. All right. So let's dive in. Week and a half has gone by in the season or a week. About yeah, a little over a week. Roundabout. On my notes, I put two weeks, but I know it's a little too far. So it's interesting. When, you, when you're in the league, they always say when you reach Thanksgiving – that is a good barometer of what's going to happen the rest of the season. If you're in the playoffs, there's a, I think it's a 75% chance you're going to stay in the playoffs. And there's not a lot of shuffling of teams after that date. And so we're vastly approaching Thanksgiving. It's getting close. 
And so I thought, let's maybe after a week give a rundown of what's happening. Like, who's what is so funny? The season just started. I know, but it's like <laughs> themes start. Thanksgiving's only seven weeks away, John. <laughs> what, Canadian Thanksgiving? You guys are thinking of American oh, Thanksgiving. Oh, my bad, yeah. Yeah, but American Thanksgiving's the barometer, not Canadian. You guys are jerks. This is my show. Mexican. This is my show. Okay. Don't interrupt. Let the talent do his thing. That's why we make the big bucks. Not because of you, Tim. It's because John. That's why we got that gift card to Panera Bread the other day. Not because of you. Because of me. All right, anyways. So it's been a week and a half, roughly. Sure. And I, I know I think it's interesting. Okay, we had all these predictions. We had all these teams, you know, finishing here. Where are we at? What's happening after a week? What teams are panicking? What teams are feeling good about their start? What players are maybe struggling a little bit? What players are just firing off to an amazing start? So let's just go through that. Sure. Let's start with my team. My boys. The Sharks. What? It's just... What what happened? Not looking too good. What is happening? And listen, they always start a little slow. They're a veteran team. I, I said that before the season. They don't gear up the same way other teams do in the preseason just because they've been there. They've had the long playoff runs. The preseason doesn't really mean much for them. They gear up the first few weeks of the season. So I'm not overly concerned. But what is concerning is their offensive output. They have not scored at all. Like, I, I don't know. I think they're 0-4. And I'm not sure how many goals they've scored, but it can't be too many. I know they've been shut out. They've had a good one goal game. So there is a little cause for concern in Teal. And to remedy that situation, they went out and signed Patty Marlowe. Thoughts, Tim? Does it move the, the meter for them at all at this um, point in his career? Offensively, it might move it a little bit. He will be a good third line guy. I don't see him cracking the top two lines unless, you know, a guy is struggling. Then they'll plug him in there to maybe switch up the lines and mix it up a little bit. But he'll imagine him on the third line with Jumbo. How cool that would be. That would be cool. It would be so cool to see those two guys on a line together and throw some schmuck on the other wing. But like, it would be so neat to see those guys flying around on the third line. They'd be an effective third line. Yeah, they would. Right now they have this this team, the Sharks, have five goals for and 17 goals against. Not good. Not good. Not, not good. ideal. And not ideal is right. And Jones, always a question mark. Yeah. He is one of the biggest hot or cold goalies there is. When he's hot, he's better than anyone. But when he's cold, whoa. Yeah, if we, we can give him a little break by saying Evander Kane missed the first three games from that suspension. Um, which not only, you know, it takes his offensive output out of the team, but it also jumbled all their lines. Yeah. Like they had to mix the top nine completely because of that, um, which throws things out of whack, especially if those aren't the guys you've been training with all or all preseason. You know? Yeah, you try to gain some kind of rapport with your line mates and then to have that thrown in there. Yeah, that's true. We'll see. But they, they're losing two division foes, which is not a good thing. They lost to Vegas twice. I think they lost to Anaheim. It's not... It's not looking good right now. Hopefully they can turn it around like Jumbo and those guys. They'll turn it around. They'll be competitive, but it has to be alarming for Doug Wilson. Like he has to be thinking, listen, if we don't get some wins in the next three, four, five games, we have to start making some drastic changes. How about uh, not a really good start to Cooch's captaincy, huh? Not ideal. Is he is he under the gun at all, do you think? Luckily, San Jose isn't a huge market. It's not that intense media-wise, so I'm sure 
in the room, he himself is putting pressure on himself, but he's not reading about it in the paper. He's not getting blasted with questions in the locker room. But yeah, not what you want. You know, especially with the other guys in the room, with the Burns, with Jumbo, with Marlo coming back. These guys could be captains. Carlson, Vlasic, like all of these guys could have very well been captain. And now he's he's the guy. And to start 0-4, it's not not really what you want. How do you want to start off your tenure as captain? And DW, Doug Wilson's been known to, you know, pull, pull the pull the hook on a captain in that organization. So I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'm sure Logan would have wanted something a little bit better, at least 500. Jeez, Louise, 0-4, giving up 17 goals in four games. I'm not a math guy, but I think that averages out to 4.25 goals a game. <laughs> that's good. Not You know, I'm not a math guy, but I think that's around about 4.25 goals a game. But I'm not a math guy. You do the math. That was good. That's good math. That checks out. That checks out. Mm-hmm. But hey, I they will turn it around. It's just a matter of when. Carlson and the defense really needs to just grab a hold of this team and say, listen, we're going. Because that's where they derive a lot of their offense from, is from the back end. Bernsey gets it. Um, Carlson gets it. And they drive the plays. And so once they figure it out and start jumping up in the play, I think it all kind of flows from them. And Jones, just stop, stop a puck. Dell, stop a puck. Not hard. Puck comes, you put your body in front of it. It's really not that difficult. It's pretty simple, huh? It's just people make it out to be a difficult position. You get in front of the puck. Save the pucks you're supposed to save. Hold on. Are you saying playing goalies not hard? If you play your whole life and you're in the NHL, all coaches want, all players want, is for the goalies to save the pucks they're supposed to save. I understand if you're getting a one T from the other side off Ovechkin or Stamkos, that's fine. We understand if those goes in, those go in. If you're letting in a slapper from the point and you see the whole thing or there's one guy in the lane, you need to save those pucks. If you're letting in snappers from the top of the circle over your glove, you need to save that puck. We understand the goal mouth, the back door, the the power plays. Those are fine. That's the Sharks problem. That's what their problem is in net. They've been letting in goals that they should save. I played with Marty Turkle. He was a great goalie. The only knock I had on Marty, he would play the puck and he would give up a goal every four or five games when he was playing the puck. He would try to do do too much and fire it up the middle. A guy would grab it and empty net. I'm like, Marty, come on. Kill him my plus minus here. <laughs> and the team, that just wears on a team. And there are, there, every, every guy knows the goalies that do that. This guy lets in weak goals, fire the puck at him. It's just Pecorene. I'm sure teams, when they go into Nashville, say... Throw it on net. He'll give you a goal. That's just, you know, the report card in Pecorini. That's his thing. He lets in weak goals. And every guy in the league knows the goalies that let in weak goals. So, and Jones is one of them. Yeah. Throw it on net. He's going to give you one once in a while. He'll let it go. He has a lapse. He just is going to miss it. So, whatever. Stop the puck, Jonesy. Let's turn it around. Let's get this teal team on the right path. Anyways, moving on. The real deal, James Neal. Looking fly. He is looking like a real deal all of a sudden. What happened? What is uh, going on? Six goals all of last year with yep. Calgary. And now six goals already. Four goals in one night. I went to pick him up in fantasy. Someone already had him. Yeah, you Snagged got, him five minutes you, ahead of me. You need to have some kind of foresight there. I would have drafted him. If he's going to yeah. play on the line with Connor McDavid, you have to draft him. That wasn't solidified yet, though. But there was a solid chance that he was going to get an opportunity, at least on the yeah. power play. So, yeah. You think that's the only reason he's scoring these goals? Oh, I mean, for sure. He's not 
making like he's not making plays, but he's a finisher. He's got a great finishing shot. And let's just okay. Let's not be distracted by the six goals. It's very impressive. He had a four goal game against the Islanders. Every goal was assisted by McDavid on a power play. He's got four power play goals. They've all been assisted by McDavid. Let's not go crazy here and say he's going to just win the Maurice Richard scoring title. Like, this is a great start for him. He has to be happy. If he continues to play on McDavid's line and is on the first power play unit, he will put up 30 goals. But I don't think this is an indicator of James Neal being... He's a good player. He's a great player. You put anybody on McDavid's line in the first power play unit, they will put up goals. Including you? Especially me. (laughs) Have you seen my... uh, We need to skate one of these days. I have a pretty wicked one-timer. Do you? Yes. It just takes a lot of time to get off. It's a, there's a lot of moving parts in my one-timer. It's a big wind-up, yeah. but it, if I have time, heads up. Yeah. Look You're up. so tall, it takes a couple seconds for that stick to come down. There's a feet. lot of levers, a lot of stuff happening. <laughs> but I, he will put up 25, 30 goals if he stays on that power play unit and if he stays on McDavid's line. Do you follow? I mean, you were actually you wrote a couple articles for the Players Tribune, right? I a few, did a few years ago. I think I want to say it was Johnny Quick wrote one about um, what it's like to play goalie. Oh, your buddy Johnny Quick. Yeah, it's the standard Tim move. Mm-hmm. My boy Johnny Quick. Yeah, you, you can call him Jonathan. Uh, so Johnny wrote an article. Oh about, boy, <laughs> <laughs> your JQ. But he's not, like some of the, of the toughest guys to play against. He only listed five, and I don't think like Ovechkin was on there or Stamkos. James Neal was one of them. Oh, he talks really? about his wicked shot, and also like his he disguises his release and he sort of misdirects the stick, and he'll yeah, he'll do some fancy things. And yeah. um, it's pretty cool. And this is maybe five years ago when he was sort of in his prime, but he's he's a goal scorer. No, he's a finisher. he is he is legit sniper. He's got a heck of a shot, and you can tell the guys. Slap shots are one thing. Stamkos, Ovechkin, they just get sheer volume. Like, they, they have an unbelievable shot. But listen, shot attempts on goal, Stamkos and Ovechkin, they must lead the league. Bernsey, like, they all just fire the puck so, so much. And it takes a good player to get in those spots. But, like, a Brock Besser, um, an Austin Matthews, uh, James Neal is there when he's on. Those guys have unbelievable releases. It's so hard as a goalie to defend those players because – like you said, they, they change their point of shot and they, they take it from out to in and they snap it. And it doesn't take much for them to get some torque on that shot. And they use the defenseman as a screen. And it's so hard as a defenseman. You're in the lane. The puck's there. Then all of a sudden he drags it six inches and you're out of the lane. So And then you're just a screen. You're a pylon. And that's the worst feeling as a defenseman. When you, when you have a guy, he's coming down on you and you're like, perfect. I got this guy. And he rips a shot and it just goes by your shin pad. Then you hear... You're like, oh my gosh. You turn around the pucks in the net and you're like, come on. What? And then, yeah, it's your fault. But you go from being in perfect position to just being dash one. It's your fault because you're in the lane or you're not in the lane. Right. And those guys, like, and, and Neil, he, I guess, is one of those guys where he used to be. I guess he did have one down year in Calgary and everybody jumps on him, but. I just don't like him as a player that much. I think he's just so cocky. Is he not someone that you guys are game planning around when you're playing his team? No, no, never. You've never. He's one of those guys. He's one dimensional. He's a shooter. So if you can eliminate the guy who's getting him the puck, you take away James Neal. He's not going to manufacture chances. He's not going to beat you one on one or this and that. He line, he sets up in the slot. He sets up on the off wing and he needs to get the puck to him. That's why McDavid is so good for him. McDavid draws three defenders to him and he just dishes it off to McNeil and he's going to bury it. So, 
It's a match made in heaven, I guess. Oilers are three and zero. They're going to win the Stanley Cup. Call who, did, who did you say last time? The Devils. The Devils. But I said the Devils already. with the caveat of, that their goalie needs to stay healthy. Yeah. And sure enough, they're winning their first game 3 nothing. Schneider goes down. They give up four goals. They're winning 4 nothing. I think. It was 4, yeah. Schneider goes down, tied at 4-4, four, four, and then they lose in overtime 5-4. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. Oh, two, they're 0-2-1 oh, right now. 0-2-1. That's another thing that grinds my gears. People who say, oh, oh and whatever. On. It's not oh, it's zero. You're just looking for something to be offended by. No, I'm not. I'm just I'm just getting it out there. You know what else? When you go out to eat and you're <laughs> reading the menu and someone is reading the menu and they go, "Oh, that looks good." There's no pictures. <laughs> <laughs> and I correct everybody. I go, "That sounds good." It sounds good. It sounds good. Mm-hmm. But I just next time you go to a restaurant, just wait. It happens every single time you're out to eat with somebody. My wife does it all the time. Yeah. Oh, that looks so good. Like, it sounds good. There's no picture. It sounds good. It reads good. That is There's another someone, thing. For yeah, some reason, that irks me. Even my you? kids. My my oldest daughter would be like, oh, mac and cheese, that looks so good. I'm like, honey, it sounds good. There's no picture. You can maybe visualize it in your head. That visualizes good. I'm glad you said that. I'm really big on picture menus. Yeah. I, I loved, I, 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 I can't visualize what this looks like. And people write like the craziest stuff about the food. Like, just show me a picture. No, I disagree because they can pretty it up. Do you ever Google that? Yeah. Like on the spot, like you, you just do a quick Yelp review on that food to see if anyone's posted a picture of that exact Tim food? of that exact food. That yeah. is a life changer. For I've me. done the people restaurant. Do yeah, I like, Yelp oh, this, restaurants. This sounds good. I don't know if I'm going to like it or not. I'm going to. I'm just going to Google like whatever. Like. Johnny's Cuban sandwich and look wow. it up and like and they come and they'll post a picture of it mm-hmm. and you're like okay that that is what I want or you know what nope pass that's a that's, that's a great idea level. I always do the restaurant and get the reviews and I will legit not go to a place because they have bad Yelp reviews yeah but I've never done an actual item on the menu dude yeah. I order a picture if there's one picture of a food I will probably just order that one really. Food. You're a big Chili's guy. I have a feeling. Chili's? Yeah. <laughs> Olive Garden? Yeah, you love all diners. pictures. Dude, I do love Olive Garden. Yeah. You're right. I'll take this picture and that picture, yeah. and then those, um, that calamari there looks I order me. out of the thing in the middle of the table. Yeah. So just- <laughs> <laughs> he gets a children's menu. All pictures. Yeah. But anyways, so, what were we, you said O. Oh. Yeah, zero. Zero, two, and one. Because it's not an O. It's the same thing with phone numbers. When people yeah, but I save a lot of time by doing that. Why? Because always sh- so much shorter than zero? Yeah. Whatever. Everyone does it, and everyone says, next time you go out to eat, I challenge you, listeners, just l- listen for it, because it will happen. Oh, th- that looks so good. <laughs> and then correct them right away. And then after you correct them, say, John Scott, baby, he told me to correct you, because that's not the correct way to say it. It sounds good. That sounds delicious. That looks good. Grinds my gears. Doesn't take much, does it? Well, it's not a big grind, but every time it happens, I get a little pinch in my brain. Yeah. I don't like it. Anyways. Do you say it every time? Do you tell somebody? No, not every time, because it does get annoying fairly quickly (laughs) with your correcting. Because I go out to eat with with my family all the time. Not Mm -hmm. all the time, but... That's who I eat with a lot of the time, and I've done it to my wife, and she obviously, every time. She's like, okay, John. Yeah, that sounds good, honey. That looks good. And she's like, don't be, just stop. You're, <laughs> you're, you're an idiot. Anyways, okay. That's the Jets. You got the tweet. Oh, my. You went viral, John. Let's just, so, let's, let's just. talk about that. Let's lead into the tweet. They are decimated 
on defense. They literally have lost since last year, Tim. You said all eight defensemen or something like that. Yep. It's amazing that they went, and we talked about this before the before the season. Their strength two years ago was their D. Now they've they've lost Morrissey. Kulikov is gone. Troop is gone. Chariot's gone. Myers is gone. Bufflin. Bufflin's gone. Like, they are a mash unit of defensemen. They have nobody that I know is playing defense right now. It's it's unbelievable. So I just figured I know Chevy, their GM. I would I would throw him a bone. <laughs> Give him a little help. And we've we not really much response. Kind of radio silence from the Jets. Well, not from them. I'm a little I'm a little annoyed that they haven't really followed up. Everybody else followed up. Well, listen, of course. Of Imagine course. seeing me on the back end of Winnipeg. What a dream. I would even wear Bufflin's number. It'd be great. It would be a but you 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 figure Bufflin's one, I'd be one A. Right there. Yeah. I replaced him in Chicago. Yeah, you guys have been linked for a while now. We have been linked. Yeah. Yeah. That would be, uh, who knows? It could still happen. Mm-hmm. I, w- I would love it for it to happen. But we'll see. The Jets D, they need to pick it up because if their D is not, that's their strength. What did the tweet say? Yeah, you said. Um, I just said, hit me up. I'm available to play defense. I'm available. Yeah. Cause, yeah, because everyone was talking that day about like, they had they called up like five guys. What are they going to do? In one day from Isn't their minor crazy? league team. To play defense. The they minor no league one. team has to draft. Well, though, I tell yeah. you what, those D in the minor league system must be like, yes. Because you watch the games if you're in the minors, like, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you just know you're going to get called up. Yeah. So it's just like, you're just looking around the, the locker rooms like, we're going, we're going, you're going, you're going. Let's go. Let's mm-hmm. go. Let's hit, the, let's hit the airport. How how cool would that be? Yeah. And now that team has like the worst record, I'm sure. Well, the <laughs> AHL team, they picked up all the East Coast guys. And so, yeah, uh, it just yeah. trickled down. So the AHL team is terrible now. The East Coast team is terrible now. And the NHL team is terrible now. So it is what it is. <laughs> but I, listen, if they if if Shovel Dayoff did say, come on in for a tryout, it would... It would take a lot to get me there. What would, yeah, what would you do? Like, could you go right now and just get out I, on the ice? And I have not skated in a good four months. My first game for my uh, just local men's league is this Sunday, so I plan on going Friday morning. Tomorrow morning, there's a six a.m. skate I'm going to go to just to dust uh, dust the bag off <laughs> like a little sticks bit. Sticks and pucks with the kids. No, like- it's it's a it's a more of a it's an older skate, but it's it's a good flow. There's always two goalies, which is always the issue. Oh, maybe them. I'll see you there. Timmy, yeah, you want to go? I thought you had to work 6 on 6 a.m. It starts like 6.30. Yeah, I can go for an hour. Oh, my word. Tim's in the same league, aren't you? Different no, league. Tim's in the C league. He's not in the A league. Oh. Hold on, but there's no B league, so there's okay. the next one down. It's not two <laughs> leagues down. But he is in the C league, though, and I'm in the A league. Can we go to cheer on Tim? Yeah, we of should course. go to his game. John wants to come, come skate with us. I would love to play on your team. What's your team name? Mobile Marine Care, something like that. Interesting. Okay. Terrible name. Why isn't we, it Web it, Canopy Studio? They, they they sponsored. You didn't. I didn't get requested. I know. It's, it's, a, it's the same team for years. Um, All right. I'm, I want to play for you. Yeah. One of these days. D partners, you and me. Could you imagine John <sighs> just leveling these people? You threw your back out with that side. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, okay. The Jets, it would take me a good month of strictly boot camp training to get ready to even think about a tryout. Right at this point. You can't say that because you're going to kill your chances. Well, listen, they're not. Uh, yeah. But I don't know. I look around the league. I look at the Penguins roster. They got nine D-men. And I feel like if I really tried hard for a month, I would be just as good as Jack Johnson and Eric Goodbranson. Those guys. 
They're no both first round picks, by the way. First round picks, like high first round picks. Both of those guys probably top ten and in their just in their years. Dust on the blue line. The Penguins. The Penguins are in trouble. They need to make some moves. And Rutherford, their GM, is one of the most active GMs in the league. He has a history of just wheeling and dealing. Sure does. So I just don't know how they can because Malkin's hurt. Buke, 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 Buke's dead. Hornquist is hurt too. Hornquist is hurt. Galchenyuk is hurt. Like they have some injuries up front and they have nine D men on one way contracts sitting there. And it's hard to make maneuvers up front when you have nine. You can't play nine D. You can only play two defensemen at a time. And it's tough to dress seven D. So just trying to trade one of those guys, it's so hard. Teams don't want those guys. They just don't want the big, physical, slow defensive anymore. The game has passed them by. You can't, you know, throw your stick between the legs and do the can opener like everyone loved to do 15 years ago. And it's just, it's 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 hard to trade those guys. They make big money. Like Johnson makes three million bucks. What are you smiling about, Tim? Nothing. He's got this grin on his face. Tim. <laughs> it's funny hearing, oh, the league doesn't want big, slow, physical defensemen while you're talking about a possible tryout with the Jets right now. <laughs> I know. That's, John's fast. The Jets are desperate. That's the only reason. If, if the Jets had all their uh, deem, I am not fast. <laughs> I am the same. I bet you if I trained for a month, I would be just as fast as Jack Johnson. What would you What would you need to train? Is it just getting your body back getting in shape? Getting my body back in shape. Or is shape. it a specific skill that you think no, you need to hone well, in on? Well, everything. It would be a Total, total body boot camp. Get mm-hmm. the hands back where they need to be. Get the feet back where they need to be. Just get up to speed. Mm-hmm. And it would take two months, month and a half, two months to to do it. You know? Let's, so let's play this out a little bit. If okay. you did come back, would you come back as a fighter or just want to be a shutdown defenseman? Just play hockey. Well, I would fight for sure. I would have you to would, fight. Yeah. yeah. I, I would. It would be hard for me to turn that part of my brain off. Yeah. If I did come back. Like, I'm not saying I would be what I was just because it's, it's not possible. There's no, there's no dance partners, but I would still play that same policeman role. Wouldn't it be funny? I think like the way that the teams play would play against you. The the games would be less physical. You think? Cause they wouldn't. Oh, much less physical. Yeah. It would just be, yeah, but it's never going to happen. It's fun to think about a lot of good. What ifs, but it's, it will never, ever, ever happen. What about the sharks though? Just, just to fight Reeves and uh, just for those games. Well, they got Dalton pro and I'm, I don't know why that didn't happen. Why Pro didn't? Did Pro play those games? I don't know. Like he should have definitely addressed that. This it's is just, uh, exactly how you got in the All Star game, though. Like a conversation just like this on a radio show. Where yeah, people were making jokes. But I wouldn't don't that think, be funny if John got into the All Star? I don't game? think people can vote me into the NHL. <laughs> <laughs> Fans' choice. I don't think they can do that. Let's do but, it right in. Yeah, we can try. We can definitely try. I'll, I'll sign like a two day contract. Can you do a walk on. Yeah. <laughs> But anyways, the Penguins need to make a move. They need to package something with those two guys, and they're going to have to eat a lot of dollars just to get some help for their forward unit because they are just much like the, the Jets. I can play forward too, but I can't, I'm not a skill guy. You know, that's been established. What are you doing? Tim is flicking lighters over there. Are you that bored? No. Speaking of lighters, we can transition to – Marijuana. Let's talk about this. So I did an interview in Toronto a couple days ago, and I kind of got blindsided by the question about CBD oil and how there is a discussion going on in the NHL and other leagues about how do we potentially use this avenue as um, a pain remedy, a healer, 
instead of all the opioid stuff because that's just obviously a terrible idea. It's we've gone down that road. Not good. And so what other alternatives can we use to help treat players to help just relieve pain? And I did this interview. I kind of got blindsided. I was not ready for the question. I didn't really have my thoughts around the whole issue. And I just, I wanted to touch on it more in our podcast. So can I just pause you for a sec? Uh, this is a Canadian show that you do? Yeah, it was a Sportsnet um, radio show. They're like six to nine, Mike Zygamanis and a couple other people. So for like the American listeners, how big is this show and who's it, listening? They, they said it was the biggest one in Canada during that time. So six to nine a.m. That's like the sports morning show that people listen to. It's coast to coast. And I was on a couple days ago, maybe even yesterday. I can't remember. But they, uh, yeah, they asked me the question about what my thoughts were about the CBD oil, like if it's effective, what you know, the how the league should work with it. And I, I really just wasn't expecting. I got caught off guard, but I do have a history with the opioid, you know, crisis. I was touched by it just because of all the guys who died, and I was friends with some of them. I obviously knew them. I played against them, and that to me is a huge issue and the league I think has done a decent job of dealing with it. They kind of put restrictions on the amount of pills guys get, you know, the, the, the hoops that the doctors have to jump through now, the red, you know, the red tape, there's a lot more kind of checks and balances these days for distributing opioids. Whereas when I was playing, there was nothing really like it was just, you could prescribe and get pills wherever you wanted. And that was, that was a huge problem. That's why there was all these addictions, I think. So they just asked me, the CBD oil is a new thing. Like, obviously, marijuana is something that's coming to the forefront. Canada legalized it in the States. States have legalized it here in Michigan. They just legalized it. So it's becoming a huge issue just because it's in our face. Society said it's okay what do the major sports leagues say? I know I read articles about football players who said they've smoked before every single game. And it doesn't affect... I, it, when I was growing up, there was a snowboarder, Ross Ross Rebligati. Rebligati. I, I'm butchering his name. He won gold in the Olympics, and they took his medal away because he tested positive, positive for marijuana. And I don't know if he got the medal back, but... So athletes do do it. And it's it's known because when people retire, they say, listen, I've done it before every game, which is funny because they test for it in the NFL and obviously that didn't show up on the test. So anyways, my thoughts. It is such it's such a because it's such a weird thing because I have these conversations with my kids and with my friends and with my wife and I am anti marijuana. I don't like it. I, I think it. It harms harms you. I think it does affect your brain in some way. And I don't think it's good for you. I think it's a drug that will affect your life in a negative way. I do think, though, on the other hand, as an alternative to opioids, it is something that we should not just put on the shelf because of those issues. I do think if certain things don't work, if I have a bad back and I want to play or if something's wrong, my shoulder's messed up, or I have an ailment and Tylenol doesn't work, these don't work, these things don't work, I don't think we should totally eliminate that as a you know remedy for that pain. But I don't th- like I don't want to sit here and advocate for marijuana because that's what I'm about. Because I like when my kids when they grow up and they turn 15, 16, 17, they say, "Well, 
what about marijuana? Because I'm, I'm assuming by that point, it'll be super prevalent and everybody will be doing it. And hopefully they ask me, they say, well, what do you think about this? I'm going to say, no, it's not good for you. Like I, I don't in, you know, I don't want to endorse that. We had a CBD company who wanted to do endorsements on this show and we had to have a real, you know, heart sit down and we kind of passed just because I don't want to endorse that sort of thing. But on the other hand, I have seen what opioids do. I have had friends who have died. Derek Bugard. I roomed with them. I trained with them. We were friends. I witnessed firsthand how it changed his personality and how he just kind of shut down because of all this opioid addiction. And if it's, if it's a, like if you have a gun to my head, opioids or marijuana or CBD oil, obviously I'm going to, you know, skew towards that side. But I think we have to exhaust other avenues before we just go all in on marijuana just because it's the hot, you know, thing right now. I don't think the history is there. I don't think there's been enough testing to see how it affects your brain, how it affects long term, how it affects your personality. Just because marijuana and then people say, well, they've been doing it since the 50s and the 60s. The marijuana these days are, is a lot different than what grandma and grandpa were smoking at Woodstock in the 50s. So I just, I got caught off guard in that interview and I just, I, I had a bad taste in my mouth when I went home and I just wanted to talk about it and just try to, you know, collect my thoughts and just get it out there a little bit more clearly than what I did. Because I, I listened to the interview. It wasn't bad. Like I just said, yeah, if it was opioids or CBD oil, I'm all for CBD oil, which I am. But I think we have to just be careful with it. Tim, you you smoke a lot of pot. Tim, what, <laughs> what yeah, do you think? I just finished one. Uh, I, just, I just finished one. One. One pot. <laughs> one pot. No, I I was joking. Tim is not. That's no. But anyways, oh what, do you, what are your thoughts? I No, I think you're right. I mean, I think the way you said on the show is actually pretty eloquent. And especially when you look at the alternatives, like the like you said, you've seen firsthand what it does to guys with, with opioids. Um, and guys, what they have to do just to get through the injuries, get through the day to sleep at night, to get themselves ready for games. Mm-hmm. It's not that they're potheads, not that they're drug addicts. It's just it's what they need to do to to prepare and get themselves ready. And um, compared to what the alternatives are, I don't think it's a bad it's a bad way to go. Yeah, and I don't think people realize the chronic nagging injuries that players have. And in in that interview, they asked me, and they kind of led into it. They I don't want to say they baited me or whatever, but they led into the interview or that part of the interview with what injuries do you deal with these days? You know, how, how are you feeling? And I just, and I don't really think about it, but I'm like, okay, well, yeah, my hands are kind of messed up when it gets cold. My hands get really tight. My thumb, I can't really move it that well. Then I'm like, well, yeah, my nose, I can't really breathe that night because I literally can't breathe out of the right side of my nose. And oh, my hips, my hips give way a lot and where I just collapse to the ground once a week where I have shooting pain shooting up and down my left hip. Do you really? Yeah. Really? And I'm like, it's not happened here though. It does, but I maintain it. You fall down here. You just pretend like you're not falling down. Well, I don't fall down all the time, but (laughs) if I'm trying to get out of this chair and I swivel my hip, it literally is like knives stabbing me up and down my left side. And I have to just sit there and like locate my hip and put it back. I guess I put it back into place or make sure things are where they're supposed to be. And then I get up, but I've had it where I get out of my car and I just have to, to take a knee. I have to Tim Tebow and just like, <laughs> like get, get myself where I need to be. And then I move on with my day, but yeah, get right with the Lord. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, well I do have these injuries and I didn't play that much. And guys, when they're in a season and it's game 40 and they've been getting hit and abused for 40 straight games and their shoulders wonky and their backs wonky, 
it is hard to sleep at night. It is very difficult to, after a game, go to the room and get to sleep. And they do need something to relax their body. In the old school days, they would have a six pack and that would be that. But nowadays it's like players don't want to do that anymore. And it went to opioids. Well, I'm going to take a Percocet and that'll kind of relieve my pain or an oxy. Then I'm going to follow it up with a, uh, what's the pill that makes you sleep? It's uh, the Ambien. That'll help me fall asleep. And then people just start to rely on it. Then that's their crutch. And then that's how the addiction starts because those drugs are addictive. Oxycontin, Percocet, those are addictive drugs. They're from the same strain as heroin. And it is just a very addictive kind of road to go down. And so obviously now those are, we can't do them. It's been proven. Those kill people. So what do we do now? Guys need help. You can't just say here, you know, run into the wall for 80 games and then go home and sleep. You can't do it. It just doesn't work that way. So what what do we do from here? And I don't think there's a definitive answer. I I don't know. The game's changed from even 20, 30, 40 years ago. Guys are so much stronger. They have injuries. It is an issue that I don't think is going to end. Do the leagues have certain like departments or committees that are watching and monitoring all these things? As far as what? As far as drug use? Yeah, and and just like um, possible policy changes or things like that. Are they always kind of on top of this stuff? They have. Well, everybody gets tested twice a year in the league, league wide. So all seven hundred guys get tested twice a year. And do you know when that's coming? They give you a heads up like the day before. They'll say the league's coming in to test, so you know. But then you get randomly tested throughout the year. Like I got tested when I was training one summer and they had to track me down and come and they come literally right to your house and they test you. So that happens randomly throughout the year. But if you do test positive for something, recreational drugs in the NHL are not illegal. Cocaine, marijuana, opioids, those are not illegal. You cannot get suspended if you test positive for those. What they do is they have a a line where just say someone tests positive for marijuana. If it is a certain strength, I don't know how the testing works. Just say if it's on a scale of one to a hundred, they have a line at 25, just say. So if you test positive for marijuana in your urine and it's like a 10, it's like, okay, it's not a lot. This guy doesn't have a problem. So we're not even going to address it. But if you test positive and you're at a 45, then they address it. Then they have, they call the player they never contact the team. So they call the player and they say, are you okay? What is happening? Do you need some kind of help? We noticed this in your testing. Can we help you? And the player has to say yes or no. So it's up to the player. And it's the same with every other drug. And then if you test positive again, they say, listen, we are getting worried. This is an issue. Can we talk? Can we, you know, can we help you out? It's up to the player to say yes. It's not the league does not have access to those records. So it's not like it's it's a third party who does the testing. So the NHL Gary Batman doesn't have access to those results. The NHLPA does, but the league does not. So it's up to the NHLPA and the players to kind of but if you test positive for steroids, that goes right to the league. So it's it's one of those issues where like it is it's an issue, but it's up to the player and the NHLPA to take care of it. So, what um, when they say like, "Hey, do you need help? How can we help you?" What what are they talking about? 
a lot of the times, like you go into rehab, you maybe just uh, hockey players are people too, right? They have issues. Like they go home and they have to deal with families. They have to deal with real life problems. And so first they talk about that. How's everything at home? Is everything okay? How's everything at the, on the team? Is everything okay? Are you know, you're having a down year. Are you, are you okay mentally? That's the first thing. Let's, let's deal with that. And then we'll move from there. How's your pain? How's this? How's that? And they just try be basically like a psychologist. Just talk to the players. Like, is everything going okay? Like you, we noticed you have an abnormally high test for this drug. How do we help you with this situation? And to, are you okay? Why are you doing all these drugs? Basically. I don't know. I've never been in that situation. I'm not a huge, I, I struggle to take a Tylenol. I don't like it. So it's just, you know, it is what it is. It's just a weird issue and it has to be dealt with and there has to be a solution to ease the pain. So I don't know the answer. I'm not a doctor, but I have played and I do know opioids is not the answer. It's obviously been tried and it failed. So let's just try Let's go a different route. Let's figure it out. So whatever, you know. You played in the league for about a decade. So did you see like things change over those 10 years as far as how the league treats it behind closed doors, how players are dealing with things like that? Did it, did it, did well, it evolve yeah. at all? When I first came into the league, it wasn't an issue. So it was like it was a wild west where anybody and everybody could get what they wanted. Like you could see you, John. I have a phone call. John's got a phone call. <laughs> You've been such a good part of the podcast. Hey. I'm just here to help out. Yeah. Thanks, John. But no, I, I do. There was a huge change, especially with opioids, just because when I first started in the league, it was no one knew the consequences, the after effects of these drugs. Everyone thought they were miracle drugs where, yes, this takes away your pain. Oh, you, you know, we're going to give you Oxycontin and Percocet, but you're tired here. Have a couple of Ambien's. And it was very easy to get those drugs. Everyone thought they were doing the right thing. No one knew you know, down the road, this is going to be a huge issue. So when I first came into the league, it was have that. You'll be fine. You know, we'll talk to you in the morning. So they're like, you would, it was easy to get. The doctors didn't know any better. The players didn't know any better. Everyone thought this was just the wonder drug. Take a couple, you know, years down the road. You, I think players started to realize what these drugs can do. They alter your, you know, who you are. They, they can be used as a party, uh, as an alternative to like beer or whatever. And I think players started to go down that road and use them for recreational use. That is a huge issue. If you take an Ambien and you don't go to sleep, I think, you know, it affects you in a certain way. Uh, mind you, I've never done, like I'm not, I've never done it. And I don't want kids out there to be like, yeah, let's do it. It's a terrible idea. It is terrible, terrible, terrible. And I think the league has recognized that and they've curbed that. We need to go a different route because a people do this, when you mix that with alcohol and other things, your heart and body don't know what to do when they just shut down and you die. So I saw that during my career and I'm, I'm now seeing, I'm, I'm not playing anymore, but now I'm seeing something else with the whole marijuana. And I just think we can't make the same mistake with, we did with opioids. We're jumping all in. This is great. This is the wonder drug. Let's do it with marijuana and CBD oil. I feel like that's a mistake too. I feel like that will end up shooting them in the foot at the end of the day, if that's what they want to do, because it's not tested. It does mess with your brain. I, I, I feel like it has to, 
I don't know the test. I don't know the results. I feel like people have told me that it does, you know, cause brain damage in some parts of your brain. I just hope they don't go all in, you know, it's a lose lose. You got to pick something, pick your poison. Just make sure it's the one that doesn't do long term, you know, drastic have effects. I don't know, Tim. That's a tough question. It is. It's a hard. It's a hard ball. And I'm trying I'm trying to deal with it the best way I can. I don't want to advocate marijuana use. I don't want to advocate drug use. I think it's terrible. I don't think kids should touch it. I'm not I when my kids ask me I'm just saying no way. Not a chance. You're not you're not allowed to smoke marijuana. If my wife came to me and was like, "You want to go have a, a joint?" No way. Not a chance. Not that she would ever say that, but it's just I I think it's terrible. Never done it, never will. Square me up. I'm a square. But I I just think not not cool, man. That's me. That's, That's my take. What else, Tim? Should we move on to a lighter lighter subject? Well, you got an event next week, right? I do. I'm looking forward to it. We're going to head out to St. John's, Newfoundland, my old stomping ground. I'm doing um, Hockey Night in Canada, Hometown Heroes. That'll be fun. What What is this event? It is. So CBC, They every week, they've started this. Gosh, I don't know how many seasons it's been. Four, five, six, seven, eight years where every week they'll go to a small town or a big town and they will have an uh, ex-player NHL guy come and they just do fun events. We'll do like some charity stuff with the kids. We'll play ball hockey. We'll play hockey. We'll do some signings. We'll do whatever with the, with the local, you know, team organization. Well, you know, they raise money for that area and there's a fun little event. Ron McLean is involved with it. In like, National Treasury has been on Hockey Night in Canada with Don Cherry for years. So I'm looking forward to it. Should be a fun event. So if you're in St. John's, stop by and say hi. I'll be there. Yeah, I saw an article from the St. John's Telegram right now. So among NHL alumni are local lads Ryan Clough, Adam Party, and Daniel Cleary. Also returning to St. John's is former St. John's Ice Caps and crowd favorite John Scott. Yes, that's a what a lineup. Ryan Clough, Cleary, Adam Party, who I played with. Like, just a good... That's a good group. That'll be fun. It's going to be a fun, fun weekend. So, was, yeah. Was Chloe in the Sharks while you were there? He was not. He was Talk gone. about another guy with head issues. Man, oh, man. Really? He had just a terrible the terrible luck with getting head injuries. Yeah, he was one of the best power forwards in the game. He was arguably the best power forward ever. I feel like every year, 30 goals, 30 assists, 150 so penalty minutes. Good. Yeah. But then he took a couple head shots, and now it sounds like he's starting to kind of the fog is clearing a little bit, but but the head is such a just a touchy, touchy thing. I've I've played with guys who are perfectly fine, and then they take one shot, and then they're just done, and they just are foggy and this and that, and it's a scary thing. Luckily, I knock on wood, I've kind of skated that issue. I'm like super, not super clear, but kind of clear where I can put a couple thoughts together. But anyways, yes, next weekend St. John's. Come and say hi. If you're in Vancouver, fly to St. John's. Get off your wallet. Enjoy Hockey Night in Canada with me. So, yeah, that's next weekend, Tim. Anything else? Anything Anything you got? I have one trivia question. Oh. This is a good one. I will say this. Tim won a trivia contest <laughs> this past week. He was in Chicago. Yeah, Larry. Larry and I won. East. I had sure. no idea. You were the, what, Did Larry carry the team? No, it was a good split. We had a good uh, kind of Venn diagram. I knew some stuff. He knew some stuff. We both knew some things in the middle. It was great. And you were competing against teams who had five, six people on their team. Yeah. And it was just you two guys. Oh, yeah. Sitting at Geno's East, just 
cleaning up. And you know what? They they gave you one round where you can you can decide to double your points for that round yeah. before you know if you how many you have right or wrong. The daily we double. Felt, we felt really good about what we had, so I think that was just gave us what we needed. Did you double down all in when you had that round or no? Yeah, you did. Yeah. What was the question? Do you remember? Uh, no, uh, I don't do you remember, remember which round any that questions. Was. Yeah, there's a lot of music. They would play like uh, two music clips and tell what's the song and artist. A lot of um, history, a lot of sports. It was good. I would Pop just culture. be so bad on the music one. Current I, events. Because was it mostly current music? No. Oh, okay. I would be okay then. I don't listen yeah. to any current music except for that intro, yeah. The Dragons. And I don't know what year that came out, but I'm just more of the older generation, Tim. All right. Let's get well, trivia. Trivia. One question. Okay. Um, and I saw this on Twitter. I have not verified this, but I think it's probably true. Okay. Twitter is always... Anything you see on the internet, it's true. You sound like Michael Scott. It's a fact. Wikipedia is the best thing ever. <laughs> Anyone can say anything they want, so you know you're getting the best possible information. Um, who is the only player in the major four major sports to be traded the same year in which he won the MVP? So basketball, football, hockey, baseball. In which he won the MVP? Well, gosh, not hockey... Or is it Taylor Hall? No. No. He's Can not you? won the MVP. Yes, he has. Taylor Hall? Yeah, he won it. He won it two years ago. Um, Gosh. Let's see. You got to give me the sport. It's hockey. It is hockey. Is it not me? Did I get traded after I won the, oh, the heart trophy? The heart trophy. It's the heart trophy. I, oh my gosh! Although, yeah, you could you could be a little asterisk there. Um, what generation? It's happened post two thousand, I believe. Post two, so it was in the two thousands. Won the won the MVP? Was it Jumbo? Yeah, yeah. Wow. From the, from the Bruins to the Sharks. Right after he won the MVP. Wow, and that really worked out well for the Bruins. That was a good trade for them. Yeah, in the long run, it was. No, it was not. You cannot say that. Yes, it was. If they don't do that, they don't get Savard and Chara. They don't win the cup. Why don't they get Savard and Chara? Because Savard was Jumbo's replacement after a couple of years. Chara was yeah. Don't get it's it's a uh, the whole Pandora. They got box. didn't they get um who'd they get for him Wayne they, Mark Sturm Marco Mar- Marco Sturm, Sturm Wayne Primo Wayne Primo Primo and. And a draft pick. No, it was another player, but no one, no one too good. Yeah, but uh, that drives me nuts. Boston fans are so annoying. You cannot say that that was a good trade for the Bruins. It wasn't a good trade for the Bruins, but they might not have won the cup if they hadn't done it. Eventually. They might have won every cup if they didn't trade Jumbo. True. They could have won 15 cups in a row. Maybe. You can't Although, play the what-if game. Yeah, but he didn't do that in, in San Jose. Yeah, but he could have done it in Boston. Maybe. Yeah. Ugh. We'll never know. They're such homers, Bruins fans. It drives me bananas. We have a reason to be. That was a good trade for us. It worked out really well. No, it didn't. Jumbo's a Hall of Famer, one of the best top, arguably the top 10 players ever. But it worked out well because you got Marco Sturm and um, Primu. Premio. <laughs> Premio. Premio. Anyways, I like the mornings. Yeah. I like it. A lot of energy. It's a little different because usually we might have a beer or two. Now we have a coffee. I think you're a lot more clear. Clear? Clear. Yeah. Clear how? When you have a little couple beers, you get a little sloppy. (laughs) A lot of mistakes coming from that side of the table. Okay. But anyways, everybody, I hope you have a good week. Happy hockey watching. I lost my fantasy this week, by the way. You didn't ask. Three and two now? Three and two. Yikes. I know. And I'm going into this week 
It's not looking good. Le'Veon Bell, what, what is happening? I don't like it. Don't Patriots like it. tonight. I know. Patriots. Uh, Giants. Giants. Yeah. That'll be a walk through. Giants have no one. They have nobody. Barkley's hurt. Evan Ingram's hurt. They have nobody. Barkley's backup is hurt. It's just good, clean fun for the boys. And well, the it's Patriots. it's honestly, they're playing a Division three school right now. And they're just going to walk right over them. Wait till they play the Bills again. I will bet you the Bills beat them the next time around. Breakfast. Breakfast. Yeah, when's my, yeah, this would be a perfect time. I should have brought in a muffin. Yeah. But yeah. I didn't. I want to take you to a nice proper breakfast. Treat you like a lady. On a Wednesday. On a Wednesday. Why does it have to be Wednesday? It doesn't have to be. You it eat, does have to you be. You only eat breakfast on Wednesdays? I feel like that's a thing now. Wednesday's breakfast is a thing? In, on the show it is. We talk about it all the time. You talked about it like twice. <laughs> Anyways, everybody. Thank you for uh, listening. Um, we will see you next week, and I hope you have a great week and weekend, and enjoy the beautiful weather outside. Peace. Hey, this is John Scott, former NHL hockey player. Throughout my career, I was known as an enforcer. And Scott's now asking for more when they get out of the penalty I was actually named MVP of the All-Star Game in 2016. Captain number 28, John Scott! And, to be honest, I, I've seen a fight or two while on the ice. And Scott caught him with a beauty. You don't want to catch a John Scott That life is behind me now, and today I'm fighting a different kind of fight. Really, the only fight that matters. The good fight. Being a husband and a dad to my five daughters, and trying to figure out how to exist in a world where culture seems to constantly be against what is right. Most Catholic podcasts and shows these days are speaking a language that I honestly don't always understand. We wanted to break these topics down and document our journey. So with that, thank you for listening, and let's get to the show. Check out the fight that matters today, wherever you get your podcasts.